1 Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. And Merry Belated Christmas, Greg, this is the December 26th episode. Is it really? So everyone who's listening is like half asleep, uh, you know, kind of full of food and Belgian waffles and whatever you eat on Christmas. Um, I feel like there's a great spectrum there. But yeah. Anyways. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And as a little late Christmas gift, we are giving you this episode on first Peter three. Um, so, um, we are, we are winding down the year, Greg, it's been an amazing year on our daily rhythm and we're kind of, we're done with our little Advent devotional. And so we just have a few more, you know, as I've said, we're, we're playing hopscotch through the, the Bible for a few more days. And we have this really powerful passage from first Peter three, um, you know, uh, we're not like going through first Peter, but I will give like just a word of context on first Peter, um, because I think it's really powerful. Um, you know, it's written by the apostle Peter, um, as you might expect, and he's writing to believers all throughout the Roman empire. Mm -hmm. So it's not really to like a centralized church. It's to believers throughout the Roman empire. This is kind of one of those letters where it's like, Hey, get it, copy and paste it and pass it to another church. Um, and it's during the reign of Nero. It's like kind of right towards the end of Nero's reign. And Nero did not love Christians. That's <laughs> to, quite an understatement. To put it lightly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he famously would like burn Christians on pillars as street lamps for his house parties. Um, so that's one way to throw a house party. And I mean, it, it's really heavy. Like I don't want to make a lot of it. It's really heavy. Um, you know, the Colosseum was in full swing um, and f false teachers were kind of growing up in the church, trying to derail it and get a little cash and influence. And um, it was a hard time to be a Christian. And Peter, um, you know, he's like, he preached the Pentecost sermon. Like he preached the first sermon of the church ever. And so this letter is really, really important. And, you know, what he's saying, he's approaching the end of his life. And, you know, he's getting banged up and bruised along the way. <clears throat> and so first and second Peter is like, it's his final words to believers. Um, so you can't even begin to imagine what high esteem like these words would have come in. And man, what a powerful brief word today here in 18. Christ suffered once for sins, the, the righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Um, Greg the con man, the man of the capital. What, what are your thoughts on these words? I mean, this is, uh, <clears throat> I think it's, it's nice that we're talking about this the day after Christmas. Um, because I think that, you know, uh, Christ's life understood in a lot of ways. Um, to me, one of the, one of, one of the primary ways is, is a life that was meant to undergo this suffering. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, on the day after Christmas, when we all celebrate the birth of Jesus, which is a joyous moment, and it, I'm not trying to take away from the, the joy of it, yeah, yeah. but Christ was born to suffer and to die. And that was part of, that is yeah. part of the joy of his birth. It's not yeah. just that he came, but he came what he was meant to do when he came. Um, 
And I think that um, as a Christian, for Peter, who has obviously experienced, as you laid out, like such a such a huge portion of the part of the early church, to focus on the Christ's suffering, mm-hmm. two people who are in fact suffering as well. Yeah, right. It's powerful. He doesn't. He doesn't tell him like, "Hey guys, the sun will come out tomorrow. It's going to be fine." Mm-hmm. No, instead he says, "You know, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God." Um, being put to death in in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, and essentially telling these people like, and telling us, you're sh- sharing in Christ's suffering, not stepping away from it. That suffering mm-hmm. is on some level part of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, and so while that doesn't mean we necessarily look for suffering or we necessarily enjoy it, mm-hmm. that is not something that should particularly surprise us. And yeah. what should encourage us about it is that our very Lord, our master, the one who we follow in his footsteps, the one that we worship and we adore, um, suffered as well. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that in the preceding verse, um, that it says better to suffer for doing good. Mm. Um, in other words, like, you know, suffering isn't great, mm-hmm. but if you're suffering, it's better to suffer for doing good mm-hmm. and that Christ suffered for doing the ultimate good and that we too should, um, we should see honor in that. Um, and we should, we should, you know, not be surprised at it when it comes. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it lands a little heavy, but if Christ was, if Christ was born to suffer and die for us and we are to take up our crosses and follow him. We are to follow in his way. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be surprised if suffering on his behalf follows. He says that it will. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my initial thoughts when I read this, this passage. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And that's really powerful. You know, an idea that has been turning over in my head a lot lately has been like the idea of ambition, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like, ambition it's like your goal or like your purpose or whatever but ambition kind of implies this like hunger Mm -hmm. and urgency just as a word and uh you know uh, philippians 2 famously says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but you know count others more significant than yourselves Mm -hmm. and it ties it to christ um emptying himself but that's like a convicting idea to me of like what what ambitions are driving the things that I'm doing, even like recording our daily rhythm or, you know, doing leading worship, whatever I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the ambition is what God looks at. Yeah. And if it's a selfish ambition, then the like righteous act doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of like, like God doesn't find pleasure in doing me doing some churchy thing because I'm seeking personal gain. I've missed the boat. Right. And I think what's powerful here is we see Jesus's ambition which is that's good that he might bring us to God. Yeah. So the core deepest motivation of Jesus' heart as he suffered the righteous for the unrighteous as he unjustly suffered was to bring people to God. And I mean, man, I just think that's an amazing, like I don't have like some profound thing to add to that because like that's as profound as it'll get. Right. Like the, that is the ambition of our savior. It's a, you know, and he, he is glorified, of course, through that. But the way that God has designed to get his glory is by binding his glory to our good, Mm -hmm. to the good of anyone who had turned to him. And I mean, like of all the thousands of ways for a deity to receive glory from, you know, less, lesser beings, 
that is the route that we see Jesus taking the righteous suffering for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in flesh, Mm -hmm. but made alive in the spirit. And that should just bring us to a point of like, as, as the Advent season, um, you know, we're kind of left in this aftertaste period. It's like, that's why he came Mm -hmm. to bring us to God. Wow. (laughs) It it really reframes also like, you know, kind of what you said earlier about who this is being written to and the time period is being written. Mm. Mm-hmm. If Christ is bringing people closer to God, that's what he came for. Yeah. And we are here to glorify him and to enjoy him, but also to hopefully in some small way, bring people closer to God. Mm-hmm. How does it reframe your own suffering? How does it reframe someone who's in danger of being thrown into the Coliseum? When all of a sudden he's, Peter's like, you know what? You might, you might, suffer greatly. Yeah. But you're sharing in God's purpose to bring people closer to him. What wouldn't yeah. you give, including your own life? Yeah. To follow in the way of your savior. And I think for people who don't suffer much on behalf of the gospel, we I mean American Christians, we just don't. Um it really reframes like the idea of your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, is mm-hmm. it being spent in the service of whatever God demands of it? Mm-hmm. Or is it yours alone? Because Christ gave his life up in in to to glorify God and to bring people to him. Mm. Um, what are we spending our own lives on? Which is just a beautiful thought for Christmas. It's great to get gifts and it's great to celebrate, but also like God gave us this perfect gift, this perfect Jesus. Mm-hmm. What are you doing as a result of that gift? Man, powerful word and great word um, here in First Peter 3. And we're going to continue to wrap up 2023 um, tomorrow. So for the great Greg Conley, the con man, This is Will Carlisle, and we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.